Welcome to Leaders Lift, the podcast for everyone looking to get more out of life through leadership and personal development. I'm Greg Cunningham, and I'm excited to share the next 30 minutes or so with you. Today, we have so much information available at our fingertips, and the technology to access that information continues to evolve and be more accessible. There are tremendous benefits for this. Think about the first-time homeowner that has a drippy faucet but has no idea how to fix it. Sure, they can call a plumber, or they can look on YouTube, and odds are there is a step-by-step video walking walking them through how to fix their problem on the exact model of faucet. I recently went through that exact situation, except this is not my first home, and you would think I already knew how to do that. Now, if that's what you're thinking, you're probably right, but there is one thing that's held me back from learning how to handle most things around my house. That is fear. Specifically, the fear that no matter how simple it is, I will make things worse. And to a certain extent, that fear is justified. And one time in Houston, our main water shutoff valve to the house wasn't working completely, I thought I just needed to tighten it up so we didn't have to go out to the street to shut the water off when doing any repairs. Well, long story short, I got the water to turn off all right, but then couldn't get it to turn back on. Luckily, I had a good friend who came over and helped me get things right so we could have water in the house. I'm always grateful for good friends. And that's not the only time this kind of thing has happened. Even with those experiences, I should not have let fear keep me from learning some of those core skills. Not only did it cost me money, as I had to pay others to do a lot of things I could have done myself, but it also took away great learning experiences. I've been thinking about and trying to recognize the fear that has been impacting me of late, and today I'd like to talk about fear or worry. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. I've got a few stories I'm sure I'll weave in beyond story time, and then we can dive a bit deeper. I also want to chat about how fear relates to a few of the recent topics I've covered, particularly control, which was episode 14, and imposter syndrome, which was episode 10. I hope this episode will help you recognize your fears, particularly the ones that hold you back, and the impact they are having on your life, and give you some ideas on how to work through them. Before I share a story about battling through fear, just a reminder to subscribe or follow the show. Also, sharing the show out to others or leaving a review wherever you're listening is a great way to help others find it. I'd also love to know what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. You can provide feedback anytime by going to www.mountnebelconsulting.com contact. That's M-T-N-E-B-O consulting.com contact. That link, as well as other resources for the show, can all be found in the show notes. I've mentioned several times just how much we love camping. You're probably sick of hearing about that. Last year, we spent something like 70 nights sleeping in our camp trailer, and I would love to exceed that this year, but we'll have to see how that goes. One year as Scoutmaster, I spent 27 nights sleeping in a tent, not high on my list of things to do again. Now, with all of that, how much fear do you think I have of camping? Spoiler alert, there is actually quite a bit. It starts when I take the trailer out of storage and goes until I winterize it again and store it for the year. I start out being afraid that over the winter something will have gone badly wrong, frozen pipes, leaking seals, animals or other pests got in and made a mess, etc. Don't get me started on spiders. And ends with me being afraid that I won't have winterized and stored it correctly and that will cause issues. Now in between I worry about breaking down while traveling, something going wrong on a trip, more on that in a bit. 
being able to back into a campsite sounds funny, but that's a real thing. Going to a new campground, and the list can just go on and on and on. And don't get me started on the worries about taking my bike out on the trail. Kind of funny, isn't it? So if the list of worries or fears is so long, why do I still camp? Well, that's easy. There is no other form of recreation I enjoy more. A long camping trip at an amazing campground with loads of bike riding. That's how I dial it back, even with that list of worries. So there's a cost-benefit analysis that I've done, either consciously or subconsciously, that has helped me work through those fears and generally push them aside to continue doing something that I love. That has been one of the key things. I have to recognize that if I gave in to this particular set of fears, I'd never go camping. And that would have a significant impact on my physical and mental health. Another key thing that helped me push past this fear was having others around me. I know that sounds funny coming from an introvert, but I'm not talking about hundreds of people. When I was Scoutmaster, I had amazing assistants and other leaders that were always on the campouts with me. They had skills and knowledge that I didn't have, and we worked together as a team to make sure things went well. I also learned to rely on the boys we had trained, and that took off some of the worries as well. And the final piece, at least until we dive into this later, is that I had to let time and experience alleviate some of my worries and then draw upon those experiences in the future. Let me explain that one just a bit. When we bought our first camp trailer, it was really the first time I had taken a trailer out of my own to camp with it. And instead of going to a campground, which would have had other people, amenities, and all of those kinds of things, we pulled it up the canyon close to our home. Now, we weren't that far from town, so that was good, but we were still isolated and had no cell phone signal. So it was really on us, my wife and I, to figure out how to make it all work. We got about an hour orientation when we purchased the trailer, and that was it. We didn't know how long the batteries would last, how much water we would use, if the pipes would freeze, or if the propane would run out. It was still really early in the season, so it froze overnight, and so the heater was running a lot. We didn't know what kinds of things, tools, accessories, food, etc., we might want to have. Everything was an unknown. But we went, and we were excited to do so. Now, that first trip, I really struggled to sleep. It was two or three different nights, and I struggled to sleep any of them. I'd hear the heater kick on and found myself using the timer on my watch to see if the heating cycles were consistent, and then checking the thermostat to see if it got up to temperature. I would hear the hot water heater kick on and think, okay, at least there's some hot water in the system, so hopefully the pipes won't freeze. I'd also regularly check the battery levels to see if they were draining. Now, to shorten that whole story up, this went on for the whole trip. Nothing went wrong. Batteries lasted. They got close, but they lasted. Nothing froze. We didn't run out of water, and we had a great trip. And we learned a whole bunch of things. Now, what I've found since then is that I go through something similar, though not nearly as extreme, the first night of almost every camping trip. Until I've settled in and been reminded of how everything is supposed to work, I have a lot of worries. But that seems to take less and less time, especially the more and more I camp. Towards the end of last season, it wasn't a big deal. But I only remember last season being anxious early in the season and then the very, very last trip we took. Beyond that, I settled in pretty nicely, but we were also camping almost every single week. So that does make a difference. And I've learned that my favorite time of year to camp is spring and fall. 
Yes, the weather is great. The mountains are amazing. But there's another reason those times are my favorites. Those are the times when I don't need the heater and or the air conditioner in the trailer. So those are two things that I don't have to worry about, particularly the heater, which is a bigger deal if it's freezing. I've also learned that I don't watch too many videos where folks talk about all the things that go wrong with their RVs. It's just too high of a price for me to pay since it triggers my anxiety. So maybe that's the final lesson for story time. If you know what triggers worry and fear, try and avoid the triggers. If you can't find ways, like me remembering all the times things went well, to try and push those fears aside. So maybe that's the final lesson for story time. If you know what triggers worry and fear, try and avoid the triggers. If you can't find ways to try and push those fears aside, then you're going to struggle. So let's talk more about that as we go through this episode. Let's get into a couple of Little Lift recommendations. I have two today. First, if you're looking for a better way to listen to the podcast, for example, if you're listening on the web right now, or if you keep wondering what the show notes are, I thought I'd share with you how I listen to podcasts. There are a lot of good podcast players out there, but the one I use is Overcast. It's one of the single-purpose apps, meaning there's only one thing you can do with it, that I actually use and pay a subscription for. Now, you don't have to pay the subscription. It's free with ads, and those are not the kind of ads you find in free games, the ones that are super intrusive. But it does have several features that I enjoy. It has a feature called Smart Speed that basically helps you move faster through a podcast without speeding up the voice, even though you can do that too. Basically, it helps remove the dead spaces or silences. But the one reason I would mention it to you is how well it does show notes. If you're listening in Overcast, you can swipe the cover art to the left, and that takes you directly to the show notes. Then in the show notes, there are direct links to the different timestamps and other web links I put in those notes. So let's say you want to skip to a particular segment of the episode. If I've listed it in the show notes, it will have a timestamp, and you can just tap on it, and it takes you right there. Same with the web links. If I put in a a website link, you can tap on it and it'll take you straight to that website. Now, my second recommendation is a new podcast that's launching today, the same day this episode releases on May 10th. It's a tech-oriented podcast I'm doing with a good friend of mine from Houston. It's called Gadgets for Families, and for anyone looking to get more out of life, does that sound familiar? I hope it does, through their tech. I'll put a short clip here, and then I'll have a link to the show in the show notes, or you can search for Gadgets for Families in your podcast player. Here's Jason and I introducing the podcast. Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for the family IT person and everyone else that wants to get more out of life through their tech. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your co-host, Jason Benjamin. Thank you so much for joining us on this launch episode. Jason... Tell us why we're doing this podcast. Who's it for? You're, you're just like me. You know, you can't get five minutes into the office without someone stopping you and saying, hey, I'm having this problem. Or you go to visit your in-laws and everyone pulls out their phones and say, hey, I'm having this problem. Or uh, in my case, my mother-in-law is always calling me. Hey, I can't get this thing to print. Can you come around? She stays three blocks over. Can you come around here and adjust a printer or something? So we're just a dedicated family IT guy. Initially, that's who we wanted to target was guys that were in the same situation like us, guys and, 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 and girls that are just constantly always having to support someone. But I think after we spoke, you know, some time and tried to develop the podcast, we noticed that more people can get value out of it. Not just the family techie or, or the, uh, the IT nerd in the, uh, in the household, 
But, you know, that grandmother that's getting her phone for the first time, you know, how does she get more out of her device and 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 be able to use it to the to the best of the ability? Yeah, I was thinking as we've been talking, my grandma that lives in another state, how when she got her first iPhone, we decided to share some shared photo albums with her. So every time a new picture would get into the album, she would get it. And she thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. She had no idea that that was even possible. But once we did that, all of a sudden she was more involved in the grandkids' lives. If I hadn't have shared that with her and pointed out that we did it, she wouldn't have even known it's there. Because as these mobile operating systems get more and more complicated, discoverability is a real issue, right? I mean, they just... You can't find all of these new cool features every time a new version of the OS is released. There's something in there for everybody if you can find it. And now back to Leaders Lift. For just a couple of minutes, let's talk about how fear relates to some of the other topics I've covered recently. First, imposter syndrome. For me, imposter syndrome is rooted in fear. Fear that I'm not good enough. Fear that someone will find out that I'm a fraud. Fear that my knowledge, well, let me go back to that. Fear that someone will find out that I'm a fraud, even though I'm really not, or that they'll think I'm a fraud. Fear that my knowledge and experience isn't worth anything. Fear that all my successes in the past were just flukes. That's a few of the fears that can drive imposter syndrome. If I look back on my life, there are times when I can see that these fears led me to stay comfortable and maybe not go after a goal or something in my life that would have been achievable. The getting comfortable part is something I wish I had identified much sooner in life, and I've talked about that a little bit. I think we get comfortable with being comfortable because it's a lot less work and there's a lot less fear when compared with getting out of your comfort zone and finding ways to grow and progress. And if you want more on that topic, please check out episode 10. The other topic I have covered recently that's related to fear is last week's topic of control. I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I feel out of control, that always corresponds with fear. I've mentioned that I love to mountain bike, but I don't like to go crazy fast, and I don't do the huge jumps and drops that many, many people get into mountain biking for. The main reason I don't do that is because when I get going fast enough or take on those kinds of things, I don't feel like I'm in control. I know that's a trigger, an anxiety or worry or fear trigger, so I just don't do it. I ride a ton, but I ride less intense trails, and I let people pass me when they want to go faster. Quick story, one of my favorite trails in Utah is the WOW Trail, W-O-W Trail in Heber. Sounds great, right? Like it's a WOW experience? It's an amazing ride as you descend about 2,700 feet, and you get to see all kinds of different parts of the mountain. Pine trees, swamps, quakies, rocky desert, and more. It's a blue trail, not the highest level. But it's about 11 miles long, depending on where you start and end. I've done it dozens of times. One time we drove up just for a day trip. My wife dropped me off at the top and then was going to hang out at the bottom. Well, I kind of felt bad asking her to sit and wait for me, so I tried doing the trail faster than normal. There's a big uphill section of the trail that I normally just pace myself on, but this time I pushed it, got up it, but I was pretty tired after only a couple of miles in. But I still wanted to move quickly, so I took the downhill fast as well. At one point, I was on a straight section with some dips and rises and went going too fast. Next thing I knew, I was going over my handlebars and landed hard on my hip. The crash was hard enough that my Apple Watch fall detection was triggered and it was ready to call emergency services for me. I didn't need that, but I was pretty banged up. 
It took several months before my hip was back to normal. I was able to finish the trail without further incident, but that was a good lesson for me in making sure I stay within myself. That experience reinforced that I need to be conscious when I'm riding to make sure I'm not out of control. Notice that fear of crashing made me want to have more control. Now in mountain biking, there are a lot of things you can control. Most are about you and how you're riding. But in life, that's not always the case. Our tendency, though, is to try and insert much more control when fear kicks in. In many instances, this can actually make things worse. Why? Because as we talked about in last week's episode, when we focus on things we can't control, it creates frustration, and we lose sight of the things we should be focused on. In this story, I lost focus on the real reason I was riding, and that was to get some exercise and enjoy one final ride on that trail for the season. Instead, I focused on my wife being upset that she was waiting for me. She wasn't. I was actually surprised when I made it to the bottom that I was there already. And so I let those things I could control, my speed, attention to the trail, etc., go. I didn't focus on them. There, the result was a crash that impacted my riding for several months. In life, combining all of these things can become a negative self-reinforcing cycle. Fear drives a need for control, which moves our focus away from the things that we can control, the right things, which increases frustration and inhibits progress, which then increases the fear, which drives a need for control. Need I go on? I hope that gives you an idea of the tie-in from these other topics. Be sure to go back to those episodes if you haven't had a chance to listen to them yet. But fear, control, imposter syndrome, all of these things are related, and they're all things that can prevent us from getting the most out of life. Now, just before we dive deeper into today's topic, a reminder to subscribe, follow, share, and rate the show. Also, if you're looking for resources to help you in your leadership or personal development journey, be sure to check out the show notes. You'll also see there are a couple of ways that you can help support the show through Patreon membership or even by dropping a tip for a particularly good episode or topic through our Venmo link. And don't forget to check out my new podcast, Gadgets for Families, to get more out of the tech in your life. As we dive in deeper, one of the first things I want to address in this section of the show is that there are some types of fear that are actually healthy. I won't try and name them all, but think about those kinds of fears that trigger our defense mechanisms. For me, if I hear the rattle of a rattlesnake while I'm out on a trail, there's definitely a fear trigger that kicks in, and then I'm much more cautious. That's a good thing. If I'm on a bike trail I'm familiar with, and I know there is a tricky section, just enough fear kicks in to help me be cautious and not get out of control so I can be safe. So those are a couple of examples of how fear can be a good thing in our lives. But what I really want to get into is the kinds of fear that hold us back. One fear that comes up with me sometimes is a fear of success. If you immediately raised your eyebrows and went, what is he talking about? I don't blame you. Several weeks ago when I released the episode on personality styles, I decided to put in a promo on my personality styles package. As I went to record that in the episode, I started to get afraid of success. My thoughts were something like, what if I put this in and it goes viral and I get hundreds of clients? good problem to have, right? Well, not in my brain. I started to think of how I would process all the orders, review all the reports, schedule and conduct the coaching sessions, all while maintaining my world-class quality that I want to have in everything I do, and handling everything else that I need to do. I was afraid of success. 
Now, I did work through it, and the way I did that was by reminding myself that the odds of that episode going viral and generating tons of referral business was so low, I couldn't measure it. I also reflected back on my previous experience in other similar situations. Now, that all being said, if someone out there wants to share that promo with their vast audience or circle, feel free. I've overcome the fear, so go for it. But there are other ways that we can be afraid of success. What will my success do to me? Will it change who I am? Will it impact my family? What if, what if, what if? What if actually applies to almost everything we are afraid of or worry about? Now, what about the opposite of success? Are we afraid of failure? A lot of us are. What if I fail? What will it do to my reputation? What will be the financial impact? What will it do to my family? Will I be able to overcome the failure? What will my family and friends think of me? What will those around me think? If any of those statements go through your head, they are related to fear of failure. And maybe a big one is worrying about living up to the expectations of others. Maybe that actually encapsulates most or all of these fears of failure. I've talked about the dangers of trying to be who everyone else wants us to be. And this is one of the big challenges is that we're afraid to not live up to those expectations. But we need to learn to get over that. And I talked about that in a tiny topic in one of my previous episodes. Now let's transition. Have you ever been worried you were following the wrong path? I would say that's a kind of fear. And this one manifests itself in a variety of ways. One way that the world focuses on fear is in the fear of missing out. I'm sure you've heard of it as FOMO. I need to just keep scrolling on social media in case there's a really good post. If I silence my notifications, I might miss an important app notification. If I take some time off, I might miss out on an important account or meeting, etc., etc., etc. So that fear of missing out of something that you're going to miss out on. Another way this one manifests itself is related to the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side. How many of you worried that you may be missing out on an opportunity, professional, personal, etc., that might be better for you than your current one? A few years ago, we booked a campground for our anniversary trip to Twin Falls, Idaho. Neither of us had been there, and we had no idea what the campgrounds were like. I did a bunch of research, and I eventually booked a campground that was great. But I remember when I was doing it, wondering if this was the best one, or if there was another I should be looking at. Getting caught up in something like that could mean you never figure it out. I know that when you book trips to Utah State Parks, you really don't have time to decide which spot might be the absolute best. Spots book up so quickly that if you wait even a few minutes, you could be without a spot. So if you let worry or this grass might be green or delay you, you don't get any grass at all. Sometimes this also prevents us from completely embracing what we are experiencing right now. If we're constantly wondering if there's something better out there, then we don't give our all in what we have to do or what we're doing or what we're working on or we're not present or we're not in the moment. And that makes it unlikely for us to get the most out of that situation. Let's say you have two job offers and finally decide on one. You dive in and start working and immediately start thinking about how things would have been in the other job. Did I make the right choice? Should I have gone the other way? What am I missing out on? If those thoughts occupy your mind, are you giving the job you took 100%? Or let's say you go to a movie theater and you and your spouse decide to see separate movies. If you spend the whole time texting, asking what's going on in the other movie, what are you missing out on? Now, this is another topic that has an opposite. 
Some are also afraid that the grass won't be greener on the other side. If you think of me booking the camping trip, maybe I wouldn't even go because I couldn't guarantee that the spot or campground was going to be awesome. How many times do we miss out on what could have been an amazing experiences just because we're afraid there isn't any green grass at all? Do we pass up experiences, jobs, adventures, etc. just because we are afraid or worry about what's on the other side? That leads me into the next topic, which is the impact of fear. Now, there are a lot of impacts, and I'll reiterate, I'll reiterate, I can't talk today. I'll reiterate that if anxiety or fear are controlling your life, please get the professional help that you need. But in a lesser context, fear is one of the biggest things that holds us back. It makes it more difficult to take risks, even well-calculated and thought-out risks, no matter how big or small they are. It prevents us from trying new things. Remember when they started making Birdie Bots every flavor jelly beans? Harry Potter. They really did mean almost every flavor. How many would not try them for fear of what flavor they would end up with? Now, I tried them and I got some great flavors. I also got some really nasty ones and they tasted exactly like you would expect them to. I know that's kind of a simple, silly example, but how often do we let fear hold us back from sampling life, from going after what we want most in life? I've mentioned the new tech podcast I'm doing. That's something I've been talking about doing for years, but I just didn't pull the trigger. There was some imposter syndrome there, but I was also afraid of not being able to get it going, how much work it might be, etc. Now, we're just launching, so I have no idea how it will go, but recording the episodes has reminded me just how much I love tech and made me wish I had pulled the trigger years ago. Another example of fear holding us back is related to how much of our world we explore. I know a lot of folks that grew up in small towns and deliberately decided to live there the rest of their lives. That's great for them. I know a lot of others that didn't leave or look to experience anywhere else because of fear. Now, the first reason is great, deliberately deciding to stick around. The second is something to be reconsidered. When we decided to move to Houston, there was a lot of fear. Everything from driving young kids halfway across the country to choosing where to settle in Houston. But we went. It was an amazing experience. And now we've moved back to Utah, but are considering another move, hopefully to warmer weather. There was a lot less fear because we worked through many of those fears when we moved to Houston. Right now, I have a, ideas for a couple of books and another very different business idea, as well as thoughts on the third podcast. So the question is, will I let any of the fears that we've just discussed hold me back? And only time will tell. I'd like to say I'm perfect at doing everything I share with y'all, but I'm not. I'm still working on most of the things myself. And in fact, when I thought about this episode, I wrote a lot of it to try and help me work through this in my head. So I'd like to wrap up by sharing a few ideas on how to work through fear. Please understand, I just said this, that I'm not an expert in this. I deal with the kinds of fear and worry mentioned above every single day. If I knew how to just turn the fear off, all of those new business ideas would already be realities. What I hope you'll get from this section are some ideas on how you can apply the things I'm working to implement in my own life. So suggestion number one, recognize the fear when it comes and recognize if it's the good kind of fear, jumping out of this tree is a bad idea, or the kind that is going to hold you back. Suggestion number two, recognize that fear comes and continues to grow when we focus on the negative. 
If you think about those questions in the previous section, especially those around fear of failure, the what if questions, did any of them have a positive spin? No. All of them focused on the bad side or the negative side of things, things that could go wrong or that might make the situation more difficult. Suggestion number three, shift your focus from the negative to the positive potential. Even if this doesn't go well, what will I learn from the experience? It could be something that simple. I saw a meme this week, and I know this has been around, and I'm not sure who the original author is, but I have it on my phone home screen right now. Stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. It's a great idea to let that excitement build and help you overcome the fear. For me, the excitement of trying a new campground and riding new bike trails helps me overcome all the worries that I mentioned in story time about camping. Just a note on this one. As you start down a new path, especially one where you've had to overcome fear, you'll need to remind yourself to manage the fear when things get tough. At least I know I do. If I start on a new trail and the climb gets tough or there's a section early on that makes me nervous, I have to remind myself of the reasons I decided to take the trail in the first place. So you're going to need to do that as you start down these paths, especially when you've overcome a lot of fear at the beginning. Suggestion number four, and I've talked about this before, remind yourself that, the, that most things in life are not final. That goes for decisions, situations, etc. We can always course correct, almost always course correct, and get back on a path that makes sense for us if we need to. Suggestion number five, watch for and take advantage of situations that force us to work through our fear. Think of taking that new business idea and running with it after you get laid off. Maybe being laid off is just the push you needed to take the step forward. And this is one that I can definitely relate to. Now, I've also shared on social media recently a picture that I took in the Hancock Tower in Chicago, way, way, way up high. And I am not great with heights, except for when I'm over water for some reason. But I was in Chicago, didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to do this again. So I went up to the top, got right out on the edge on the glass and took the pictures. And it was a good experience, but I had to overcome my fear of heights to get there. So take advantage of those situations. It was safe. I just had to push through it. All right. Suggestion number six. You know me, I can't go an episode without talking about being deliberate. In this case, deliberately build a plan that leads to overcoming the fear and a successful outcome. In this plan, first identify the positive outcomes or results and how you're going to get there. Let yourself think about what your life will be like, how much more you'll get out of life, for example, if you make this happen. In thinking about starting this podcast and my business, I got excited thinking about the flexibility and the financial stability that could come from doing so. It's not that I ignored the negatives like long, hard hours, slow growth, financial investment, all those kinds of things. I did. And in fact, let's talk about that now. So the next thing, identify the downsides. Got the positives, identify the downsides. And I see two categories of downsides. First, those that are unlikely, and then those that will probably happen. For the unlikely ones, don't put too much energy into them, but at least be aware of the outcome of those, aware of the outcome if those things do happen and how you're going to deal with it. Now, for those that are likely, spend more time figuring out how to deal with and or mitigate them. You also want to include in here what you'll learn if things don't go well and decide if that in and of itself is worth the risk. And sometimes that learning is. It's the journey, not the destination. And in a previous episode, I talked about spending more time on your strengths than potential pitfalls. And I'd say the same thing here. 
don't spend so much time on these possible downsides that you lose sight of the potential upsides. If you quickly realize that no amount of positives will ever outweigh the downsides, then at least you have that information. But if you never look at the potential positives and get excited about them, you'll never move forward. Now, one other key piece of this plan is to get educated. Don't let your imagination run away either to the positive or the negative side. Do your research. There is so much information out there. Then let that information influence your potential positives as well as the potential downsides. Education is one of the ways I've been able to put aside some of my worries when camping, or at least make them more manageable. The same with bike riding. I used to get very anxious about getting stuck on that really long trail and having to either hike out or get help if I had a flat or two or something else happened with the bike. That risk hasn't changed, but it's pretty low now because I've learned how to better handle emergency maintenance on the trail. Suggestion number seven, the last one for now. Remember what we talked about in the last episode about plans and control. No matter how good our plans are going to be, they don't give us full control. To overcome fear, I think it's even more important that you have a Lego set type, Lego set type of plan. I told you I couldn't talk today. It's even more important that you have a Lego set type of plan, one that has all the blocks you need to put together in whatever way is needed versus having that plan that you think you will follow perfectly. Having, have all the pieces in the plan, but be ready to be flexible and to adapt to the new fears, worries, and situations that pop up as you move forward. Let me end with one more story. As I pulled my camp trailer out of storage this year, I started doing the maintenance. To make a pretty long story short, and you can hear a more extended version in the Gadgets for Family launch episode called The Lost Playoff Tickets and Which of Us is a Superhero. I found a leak in the plumbing, and I have a hot water heater that I can't currently use. Now, my first inclination was that my camping for the season is done, and I might as well cancel our reservations. My second thought was that those thoughts were ridiculous, and that we could still camp in most places without water in the trailer. My sister does this quite often. But then I realized that I was letting this one negative situation and fear ruin what is one of the most important ways that I dial life back and spend time with my family. Side note, my granddaughter is almost always counting down how many sleeps to our next camping trip. It's awesome. So I started thinking through the positives, things like having water in the trailer, having hot water to shower as I needed to instead of using the campground showers, being able to pull the trailer up the canyon where it has to be self-contained, etc. Then I moved into the planning stage. First, I have the tools to fix the leak and I believe I know how to do it. Then the fear of making it worse popped in, to which I responded to myself that I wouldn't be any worse off as I just wouldn't be able to use the water, which was the case at the time anyway. But I would also learn what it was like to repair a leak and worst case would know what not to do next time. There's always a next time with an RV. So last Saturday, my wife and I went in and worked on the leak. Did it go smoothly? Nope. Took longer than expected. I had a whole bunch of scratches on my hands, but guess what? It worked. No more leak. And I know what to do better when the next one comes, and it will. For the hot water heater, I've actually tried a few different things, and with no luck. Like I said, you can hear more about that on the Gadgets for Family podcast because it ends up relating to a gadget. I keep experimenting because worst case scenario, I have to buy a new heater or have a certified technician come in and take a look. But the good news is that with the leak fixed, I can get the trailer out and camp and just heat water on the stove as needed, which would be no different than what I used to do when I was camping in a tent. 
Regardless of how that gets resolved, I will have learned from this journey. So that's an example of how I've implemented some of those suggestions. May not seem like it's a big deal, and the fears and concerns and worries that you have may be much larger than that. But see if you can take any of those suggestions and have them help you overcome that fear. Well, that's it for today. As I've been talking about fear, I would hope that you have recognized any of those fears, big or small, that are holding you back from getting more out of your life. Things that hold you back from that great experience, new opportunity, or even from a learning experience. I hope you'll remember that most of your decisions in life are not final and that it's okay to let yourself get excited about the potential positives that can come when you don't let fear hold you back. If you have any suggestions or feedback on this episode, feel free to reach out on any of the places where you follow me or by using the contact us form on my website. If you want to support the show, check out my Patreon or Venmo options. And don't forget the new Gadgets for Families podcast that launched today with three brand new episodes. Now, until next week, go out there and lift someone, even if it's yourself. Help them work through those fears that are holding you or them back.